Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From The Recount, I'm Rena Ninen, and you're listening to The Recount Daily Pod. Today's Thursday, August 5th. I think the balance of power has tipped maybe slightly away from Hollywood, but then more towards the corporations, more towards the tech companies. That was Taylor Lorenz, technology reporter for The New York Times, talking about Hollywood's waning influence on American culture. We'll get into that a little bit later, but first, your morning headlines. The coronavirus has hit a dark milestone as recorded global cases surpassed 200 million. That's more than the populations of Germany, France and Spain combined. This comes as Dr. Fauci, director of the U.S. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, warned on Wednesday we could potentially see up to 200,000 cases a day in the United States by the fall. The biggest concern is the start of the school year. The American Academy of Pediatrics announced that cases among children and teens jumped 84 percent in the last week. In Arkansas, more than 700 students and faculty members at the Marion School District are under quarantine just two weeks into the school year after 22 students and six faculty members tested positive. The school district wrote in one Facebook post that, quote, if all students and teachers had been wearing a mask appropriately, then the cases would have been isolated. In a change of heart, Republican Governor of Arkansas Asa Hutchinson regrets signing a law banning mask mandates on a local level. He now wants a special session for the state legislature to overturn portions of the law that prevent local entities, specifically schools, from mandating masks. As the mandate push continues, the Pentagon is expected to announce on Friday that the vaccine will be mandatory for all 1.3 million active duty forces. The Mexican government filed a lawsuit on Wednesday in Massachusetts against 11 gun manufacturers and suppliers. The suit accuses the companies of designing, marketing, distributing and selling guns in ways they know routinely armed the drug cartels in Mexico. The suit was filed the day after Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard attended a ceremony commemorating the 23 people who were killed by a gunman in El Paso, Texas in 2019. 
That July shooting included several Mexican citizens. It's unclear how far the suit will go, as a 2005 statute gave gun manufacturers far-reaching immunity from being sued by victims of gun violence. President Joe Biden has repeatedly expressed interest in repealing the statute. Attorneys for former President Donald Trump formally asked the courts on Wednesday to block the release of Trump's tax returns to Congress after the Justice Department gave approval. They called the move to get six years of tax returns a tool for political gain. Trump's attorneys are arguing that not only Trump, but all presidents should be protected from subpoenas. Congress originally asked for the tax returns in April 2019, but was stalled after a memorandum by Trump's Justice Department claiming that the request was not legitimate legislative work, but an attempt to expose the information of one individual for the purpose of political gain. Trump's counterclaim could set off a new round of litigation that could last months to years. And now to our daily deep dive. For decades, Hollywood and its glamorous starlets have gotten comfortable as the premier power brokers of American culture. Today, Hollywood's star has dramatically waned, while social media's star only continues to rise. So how is this classic story of power politics playing out in Hollywood? Here to help me dig into it is New York Times technology reporter Taylor Lorenz. Taylor, some are calling this the fastest growing type of small business, the creator economy. You've got influencers on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. They've got these cult followings. Hollywood isn't really the only star maker. Is social media breaking Hollywood's monopoly on creating celebrities? Yeah, I think social media broke Hollywood's monopoly on creating celebrities a long time ago. And I think that Hollywood executives are kind of just waking up to that fact, um, especially during the pandemic, I think as more people turn into digital platforms and to these social media entertainers, I think a lot of sort of old school Hollywood people really started to see that this shift has happened. How do you think COVID has exacerbated changes with Hollywood and Hollywood's influence? Well, I mean, during COVID, a lot of Hollywood production had to set down and just more people were turning to the internet for entertainment, social media on their phones. You saw a lot of people blowing up during COVID, like getting audiences during COVID. I mean, the usage on social media was sort of through the roof. And so um, a lot of uh, entertainers emerged from the space and a lot of people that had already been entertainers on the internet, you know, just gained a bigger fandom, more popularity and more notoriety in the sort of quote unquote mainstream. How do you explain the creator economy? What is the creator economy? The creator economy is kind of a term that tech people came up with in the past year, but it's really, um, I I would say it's sort of like the new media landscape. Um, What these people are operating in is ultimately like a media. It's entertainment, it's tech, um, it's news, it's commentary. It's kind of all of these things together. Um, And it's, yeah, it's basically kind of this furthering of um, the distributed nature of media and entertainment. So is it fair to say that the cult of celebrity is changing and that there's more influence on tech platforms like TikTok and Instagram than there is coming out of Hollywood these days? I think Hollywood and these traditional gatekeepers, just like you're seeing across many different industries like media, news, um, are just no longer the arbiters of talent. So you used to have, you know, these casting directors kind of pluck some random woman or man, you know, from obscurity and and make them a huge star. And you do, of course, still see that to a point, right? Somebody can star and gain a lot of clout. But um, 
but it's it they're not that that's not the main driver of fame i guess I, I think that the main driver of fame and notoriety is the internet and so the internet is you know is where anyone in media or entertainment is now going to build an audience um so do you think that hollywood is dead is social media winning hollywood people are are monopolizing on this and have been for a while i mean uta has been signing digital talent since the mid 2000s so they're making tons of money off of these people and they're really capitalizing on their rise helping them build businesses helping get them the movie deals really working working closely so i think that there's a shift within hollywood but but hollywood is still making tons of money off of these people it's more the old hollywood versus the new hollywood i guess you could say the old kind of system of hierarchies and casting that stuff is is losing relevance but this new generation is is sort of able to capitalize it, on it mm. when you look at sort of the shifting balance of power here how do you think that these new tech platforms are affecting the way we view media and the landscape. I think that the rise of these social media and tech platforms has really accelerated the destruction of any sort of media literacy in America. I think that um, this whole distributed model of content has led a lot of people to be completely unable to distinguish what's real versus fake. A lot of influencers now like spreading QAnon conspiracies are really baseless and dangerous misinformation. And I think that's the tech platforms have sort of rewarded that. And so it's it's affecting media in the landscape in that like these people used to have a lot of checks and balances and that was bad, right? It was bad because you had really just these old white men in Hollywood in power. Now it's kind of a free for all on the internet, but these tech rat platforms reward extremism and crazy behavior. It's um, the people that succeed on the internet. I think we're starting to see the flaws in that as well. When you're talking about the people who are succeeding on the internet, we look at sort of the next generation of creators and influencers. You know, you've got more than 50 million creators and influencers around the world. They're a big force in business. How does that change the power in Hollywood? It's shifting the power in Hollywood in that people don't get to decide who's famous anymore. Um, and so Hollywood is not necessarily deciding who's famous, but they are deciding still how to package these people and market these people. The Hollywood system functions the way it always has in a lot of ways. It's just the the fame driver is different. Um, sometimes the deal structure is different. Obviously, if you're working with a digital creator versus an actor, um, often it's very bad for the, the talent now. I mean, it used to be that you had, if, say you were an actor in a commercial and you did a multi-day multi shoot working under a SAG agreement. So you had certain protections, you had really high rates, you know, people could get in a hit commercial and pay their, you know, pay their rent for a year. Now, um, you know, it's you're basically competing against everyone on the Internet and the deals that people are doing are just like way lower. You know, you're doing a sponsored content deal for a huge brand for like five hundred dollars. So I think the balance of power has tipped maybe slightly away from Hollywood, but then more towards the corporations, more towards the tech companies. So it's not really like tipping towards the people. We talked a little bit about coronavirus and the impact on Hollywood. You know, as you mentioned, it stopped production. It was really crippling in many ways. How do you think that the impact of the coronavirus 
how is it affecting or dismantling the cult of celebrity in Hollywood? Um, well, I think with COVID, you just saw a lot more people turning to these digital platforms for entertainment. That's Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of that. I think people burn through their Netflix queue really quickly. And um, there were some huge Netflix hits, but um, a lot more people were sort of looking to these online entertainers. And so you saw views for those creators really skyrocket and you saw people becoming influencers overnight. Um, and I think that was something that a lot of people in Hollywood, you know, caught their eyes where they were like, oh, okay, this is a huge area of opportunity and we should really start signing more digital talent. Has it been eroding Hollywood's cultural relevance? How do you think it's impacting culture? Um, yeah, I think that just the internet is culture and what is popular on the internet is what mainstream American culture is. You know, mainstream American culture has always had this global impact. Um, and a lot of that mainstream American culture was sort of set by Hollywood. Now the mainstream American culture is set by the internet. What blows up online is sometimes co-opted by Hollywood. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's these big Hollywood hits, right? Still, it's not like Hollywood's irrelevant, but I think that the internet is what determines the culture. So we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Taylor Lorenz from the New York Times on The Recount Daily Pod. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Recount Daily Pod, podcast from the Recount and iHeartRadio. We're here with Taylor Lorenz, technology reporter at the New York Times. So if the internet is what determines the culture, is this generational? Is it because you've got this whole new generation of digitally native consumers? How do you explain this sudden shift? This has been the case for over a decade. I think people are just starting to realize it. I started writing about the influencer world in 2009. And um, in the early 2010s, this was always the case. I, I don't think that the mainstream Hollywood people had really accepted it yet. In terms of internet culture dominating culture, I mean, that's been also the case for many, many years. It's just that I think these old school industry execs are finally sort of really starting to see um, a lot more Hollywood people, kind of like traditional Hollywood people, like, wow, okay, this is a thing. Now, how do we make money? You know, 2020 was really a big year of growth for TikTok. When you look sort of at the change in the social media landscape, how has TikTok shaped the way we view technology and influencer culture? TikTok completely upended this sort of monopolistic tech landscape that we have. Like, you know, Google and Facebook dominate, right? Google and Facebook control everything. It was Instagram, YouTube, you know, Vine was a short-lived thing. But really, the main platforms that people had were Instagram and YouTube in terms of fame. Neither of those platforms prioritized creators very well at all. Um, But in terms of like the influencer world, YouTube and Instagram were dominant. TikTok came in in 2018 and basically upended the system. Um, the, the thing that's so unique about TikTok is it's in this you consume content through this algorithmic feed. So you don't have to have a single subscriber or follower, and you don't have to subscribe or follow anyone for your content to reach millions. The algorithm sort of w- determines the distribution of your content, and it's a much better and more sophisticated way to deliver content to consumers than asking the user to find people and then follow them. And then often those people post uninteresting videos. So it kind of, I think it put all of these American tech companies on notice where they really started to be like, whoa, okay, we were getting, like we were resting on our laurels and we were treating these influencers terribly. And anyway, in the past year, I think as same with all these old school Hollywood people. Now they're recognizing economic opportunity because of TikTok. TikTok's a very creator-driven platform. They want to capitalize on it. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a really funny way to put it. But I think that um, a- algorithms have reshaped entertainment. Look at Netflix, right? Like the way that Netflix serves content to you, some of it's curated, but a lot of it is algorithmic. I think that's just how the world operates, right? The news that we get is determined by algorithms often if we're using a news app or Facebook or something like that. Um, So this is happening across the media landscape. So Taylor, you're coming to us from Los Angeles. You've been covering technology and culture for a very long time. What are some of the trends that you've seen, especially over the last 15 to 18 months while we've been under COVID and trying to reemerge? 
Yeah, well, I think it's this flip. All this stuff was boiling sort of under the surface for a while. And a lot of people recognize it that we're sort of like, you know, we're talking about like these entertainment industry insiders. A lot of entertainment reporters have been covering this. Um, But it broke through to the mainstream in a really major way, I think hugely because of COVID. I think these changes would have manifested over the next five years. But because of COVID, it just everything accelerated so fast and everyone was online to such an insane extent that it was a real wake up call to the traditional people in Hollywood and to Silicon Valley that, wow, these changes are inevitable and there's a lot of money to be made here that's getting left on the table. So you mentioned the money, Taylor. I mean, Hollywood is big business. How is it affecting the business of Hollywood? Yeah, it's sort of provided this fertile ground for entertainment type of people. They're kind of a little bit running around like chickens with their heads cut off, where I don't think they know what to do, but they really want to get involved in sort of internet-driven things. I'm just going to use the example of GameStop. It was this sort of internet-driven stock trading frenzy around what's called meme stocks, which are these random, usually nostalgic, AMC, Nokia. In this case, it was GameStop, which is, you know, this sort of boring games retailer. And you saw these big online influencers drive excitement around these stocks through this Reddit forum. That is the perfect manifestation of what the creator economy is. And I think immediately you saw Hollywood pounce and try to sort of turn this into a movie or a show. I'm pretty sure there is a movie, a show, a documentary and all that stuff in the works. Do you think how much of this is generational, right? I think some of it's generational. People think of this as a Gen Z thing. Obviously, Gen Z is more online than anyone else, and they're consuming content from these creators at a higher rate than anyone else. But the people who are creating the content really do run the gamut. The pioneers in this space were the early uh, sort of 2010s mommy bloggers generating these big audiences online monetizing those audiences and growing their fandoms. And even now you see a lot of parenting content, a lot of mom content, huge lifestyle influencers in home, cooking, you know, that type of stuff. I think when you think of young internet star, you think of the average sort of 18 year old in Hollywood, but the majority of creators are not like that at all. When you step back and you look at this, what are you watching in terms of trends of Hollywood and how technology is influencing and shaping Hollywood? I think there's just been um, this really interesting tension between tech and Hollywood. Like you said, these are both big business industries and they want to make the money. And you're seeing these tech players come in and try to also kind of dominate this space. So as somebody who covers this industry, what are you watching for in the coming years? I think it's just going to be really interesting to see how this um, sort of tech versus Hollywood dynamic plays out and also just see the types of influencers that continue to rise. Like I said, I think that so far what we've seen over the past several years is these tech platforms rewarding really bad behavior and sort of dangerous behavior and like conspiracies and things like that. So I'm just kind of interested to see in terms of fame, are we going to see more of that? Are we going to see more sort of dangerous people becoming even more famous? Or are those traditional systems of checks and balances going to kick in? Taylor Lorenz, New York Times technology reporter. Taylor, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And now to our look ahead. Here's what else we're watching today. 
President Biden is meeting with Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander community leaders to discuss his economic agenda, immigration reform, and his administration's response to the rise in acts of anti-Asian bias and violence. During the 2020 presidential election, Asian American and Pacific Islander voter turnout increased 21% in every battleground state, more than any other minority group. That's according to Democratic political data firm Target Smart. It's closing night for Tony Bennett. The 20-time Grammy winner is playing alongside Lady Gaga to celebrate his 95th birthday in what's likely his last ever New York City performance. The legendary singer was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2016. A new collaborative album for the duo is due out later this year. Now to Chicago, where 65,000 rubber ducks will race down the Chicago River today. It's called the Chicago Ducky Derby a charity event to benefit Special Olympics in Illinois. Members of the public can pay $5 to adopt a duck. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you back Monday morning. This is the Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from the Recount and iHeartRadio. Our thanks to New York Times reporter Taylor Lorenz for being on the show. And if you like this episode, I hope you'll subscribe to the Recount Daily Pod and leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. I'm your host, Rena Ninen. Alexis Ramdow and Corey Wara engineered and produced this podcast. Ariella Martin also produced. Fonda Mwangi did the research. And our executive producer is Laura Beatty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.